1: Hashtag no music, no intro. Uh, another episode of hashtag Saints Twitter podcast uh, coming at coming at y'all. Uh, this episode is a is a very important one that Ryan and I have wanted to do for a while. Um, I'm am a little upset we we weren't able to record this in in the month of May, which was the month for mental health awareness. Um, but joining us on the podcast, we have. I don't know if I should say miss, missus, <laughs> uh, but, we, but we have uh, Shabonda Allen, who is a licensed um, MFT. Um, I, I was going, I was going through your, like your website to kind of just see your mm-hmm. journey and, and see, you know, how your career shifted for you now being working in the mental health field. Um, thank you so much for for joining us. We we want to have this episode obviously a lot of our listeners are african-americans and even if you're not african-american i think you can take a lot from this episode uh talking about mental health awareness and in general mental health awareness in, in the black community uh and but before we even get into that like let's let's talk about first you could, you know introduce yourself uh to the listeners and just talk about your journey of what how you got in the field of being a mental health professional being a therapist
2: and all that Gotcha. Okay. So yes, I'm Shavonda, Miss Shavonda Allen. (laughs) And uh, yeah, I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist and a licensed professional counselor here in Texas. And um, I did not start out wanting to do psychology or mental health. Um, My career path was very different in my 20s. I was in media and communications. I worked at a magazine um, in Manhattan. And so life was very different and then I wanted to do grad school, but I wanted to do graphic design. Like that was where I thought my passion was and my talents. And then, um, and then I was at work one day at the magazine. and I really feel like God was like, I need you to do something else. And then yeah. I was just kind of like, Mm-mm, I don't want to, they don't make any money. Why are we doing that? And, uh, but you know, I decided to, to just follow that, that prompting, um, And it ended up being um, just an amazing experience because um, when I moved to Texas, there's not really much of a media world. And so, um, lo and behold, counseling became my bread and butter versus just something I thought I was going to do to help on the side. So it's been an interesting journey um, that I don't necessarily think is all about me and what I want, but, you know, that's life sometimes. (laughs) But I'm happy to be here with you guys talking about mental health. I think it's an important topic and um, especially
3: in our community.
2: And so I guess we'll, we'll jump into more of that.
3: No, no, that's, it's so interesting that you took that route because I mean, you know, most people, you know, you would think someone, you know, maybe that's something they want to do their whole life or when they get into college, you know, they major in it, but you just took a little like a different path and then, just kinda of follow the calling and you know, you find yourself becoming fulfilled by uh and doing it full time and able to support yourself. Like so I mean we were talking about it on the podcast last night. Like if you could find that fulfillment and like support yourself off of it, like that's
2: yeah.
3: <laughs> like you you hit the jackpot in life, like you know, that that's that's what we all trying to reach. So I yeah. mean as far so as far as like, you know, say you you know you're talking to somebody who just is completely ignorant of therapy, psychology, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. They don't they just don't get it. How would you explain like what you do and what's the process of what you do?
2: Yeah. So um and I use this and I use analogies a lot. I use sports and car analogies a lot. Oh good. So okay. um <laughs> So I, I, I try to explain it to people um, and a lot of times guys, um, I explain it to them like when your car is acting up and you don't and you're not a mechanic yourself and you want to know what's going on, you don't, you know, you might try to figure it out, but at some point you're like, all right, this is beyond what I know about cars. Let me go to my mechanic. And mm-hmm. with mental health, with therapy, it's pretty much the same way. You know, we study people, we study relationships, we study um, the brain and how things work and so when you're having issues with your emotions when you're having issues with your brain because all of that is seated in your brain which is just another one of your body's organs you know when that stuff happens you take it to the person who study that and who knows it and so when you're having issues with relationships your emotions your mental health go into therapy it's just like rolling into the mechanic to see what's up with your car. You you just something's off, you're not sure what, and you just take it into a professional to, to check it out and see what's going on. So that's kind of how I explain what therapy can be like.
1: Uh, that's a great such <laughs> a great analogy. Um like especially to like to men, because it's like it's not even like a stereotype, right? Like i I think it's proven that men in general kind of are opposed to therapy or let, let me speak let me speak from my my profession as a social worker um, when I'm engaging with my clients engage with parents it is usually harder for sure to try to like let's say court had ordered a father to do individual therapy in order mm-hmm. to, to do individual therapy it's a lot more, it's a, it's more difficult to get the dad to enroll into individual therapy, um, usually than it is like the mother. In, in most cases, yeah. that I deal with, um, and that and that's also true about um, our community as, as 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 black people. There's there's always you know not not even just black people. There's all like, I've worked with obviously different um, ethnicities of family, uh, black community, uh, Latino community it's just the stigma of older generations of looking down at therapy and saying, you know, right. No one needs it. You know, you know, oh, you know suck it up. Them. Yeah. Uh, that, it up, that type of mentality. Yeah, suck it
2: up. Yeah. Keep our problems in the house. Don't go telling our strangers our problems. Yeah. Right.
1: So how, and how, how has, is that changing, like, I, I, from what your experience, how is it to, how do you engage, you know, those communities, our communities, people of color, you know, into the benefit of doing therapy and actually being in a space where they feel like they can open up?
2: Yeah. Well, you know, I, I as much as uh, I have uh, mixed feelings about social media in general, but I do think that social media has helped shed a light on uh, what therapy is, what mental health mm-hmm. is. I think a lot of hesitation is a lack of information, right? Yeah. So if you don't really know about it, you haven't been exposed, then you just, you, all you know is what you hear and you just don't know anything else, you know? So I think, um, I think that has a lot to do with why when communities are hesitant, Um, I think a lot of it is just a lack of information, you know, um, lack of information, lack of access, um, and even just an understanding of how can that even help, right? How can coming and sitting in your office and telling you what my issues are, how can that actually help me? So sometimes, you know, social media has helped people start having those conversations. And I think as the stigma gets pulled away, you know, and we look at it like, any other kind of health, you know, nobody looks at you weird if you go to your cardiologist or you go um, to any other doctor or specialist. You know, we just need to pull that same stigma away, you know, because our brain is just like our heart or our lungs. And if it's yeah. not doing what we need it to do, we need to take care of ourselves.
3: Absolutely. And, you know, you brought up a good point about social media. You know, I could think of a couple of people, you know, people that, you know, I follow on Twitter you know, who I engage with all the time, you know, real good people. And they always put out there like, shoot, I see a therapist regularly. And they're like, you know, hey, they're like, hey, anybody, if you feel like you should, you should go to a therapist. And, you know, that means something, you know, even if you don't comment on it or whatever, it means something. I know my dude will, he always puts it out there that, you know, therapy changed his life. Like, it just just helps me. So, I mean, when people see that, and I think you start to see that with you know millennials gen z uh just due to the internet like i mean just the word anxiety me growing up i never i never even heard the word anxiety growing up like my parents about the older parents like we didn't talk about anxiety and stuff like that until i got older and i started you know just reading more and i was like this anxiety thing like maybe this is why you know i'm having this issue here or that issue there and, you know, and as I, you know, grew, grew older and just, you know, communicate with people and talk to people, there's so many people dealing with, uh, you know, high anxiety and, you know, obviously anxiety is, the effects of anxiety are different for people. Uh, it is, you know, different levels for people. Some people it's, sometimes it's just, you know, something tangible in your life that you can handle. Sometimes it's like clinical and, you know, maybe you need, you know, some sort of medication for it or something like that. But it's definitely a thing, you know, and I know me personally, I've dealt with it. um, Just, you know, just in life, uh, just like Mm -hmm. everybody. Uh, And, you know, I've had to look up like different ways to kind of self-diagnose and self, I don't want to say self-medicate, but deal with it. Yeah. yeah. But like deal with it. Like me personally, when I was really having it bad, like I couldn't sleep or nothing. I just like my mind was racing at night. Mm-hmm. Because there's just so many things going on in my life, I just started like writing everything down, just writing all my problems down, making like a priority list for myself, and just like to start attacking each little thing, start with like the easiest to the most difficult, and it really helped me. And that's just yeah. me, like I don't, you know, that that's just what worked for me. But obviously, I'm sure there are things like so many different tools that you have in your toolkit that you suggest to people for like high anxiety uh, situations.
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. And that's that's one that I would suggest. A lot of times it's good just to get it out of your head and, and so you can look at it and kind of piece it all together.
1: Oh. Um, the, the way that this, you know, the United States have, has treated African Americans over the years, um, mm-hmm. it, it's it, you know, we know, it's well documented. Um, but with everything we've seen recently, Ryan brought up social media, uh, all the police brutalities, you know, black men dying by the hands of police, you know, things that we we are consistently exposed to um, due to social media and things like that. How does that, in seeing things like that, affect our our mental health as? as black people living in this country.
2: Oh, you know, it ratchets up anxiety tremendously, yeah. you know, not only just anxiety because then you know anxiety is is it's fear based, you know. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the anxieties that we experience is connected to some kind of fear. So then, you know, you have this proliferation of, you know, am I safe to go outside and and some of those yeah. messages that um that that we're seeing um so it creates anxiety and it creates trauma, you know? Yeah. And so we're watching these images over and over online. And then, you know, we're following the, the social upheaval and then we're following court cases. And it's just, it's a perpetual traumatization for a lot of people, um, especially if you have a hard time pulling away from the all day, all night access to information we have, yes. um, it can become overwhelming. You know, and so if you're not paying attention to your mental health, um, it, can, it can get difficult, you know, because it, you can get inundated with that anxiety, um, the sadness of it all sometimes. And yeah. then the, just the constant re-traumatization when, you know, every it seems like every week there's somebody else, some other yeah. person that um, is not getting justice, so to speak. They're getting, you know, justice in the streets. So it's tough. It's tough for the community to watch that and figure out how to deal with it. It's not new, you know, but I think what's new is, you know, social media, you know, having access to so many different images and opinions. And that's, that's new, right? The, what we're, what the community is experiencing is not new, but having so much access to it is, is new, you know, and it can be hard to, to figure out how to manage all that.
3: Yeah, it's, it's crazy, because I I, th- I tweet about it all the time, like, pretty much every day I'm literally wit- witnessing online somebody getting beaten, somebody getting mm-hmm. shot, just all kind of, like, real violence, stuff that you rarely saw, like, I, I grew up in, like, a violent neighborhood, and even, like, in a violent neighborhood, I didn't see it every day, you know, right. it was... Once in a while, but like I am exposed to it every day, on social media, and I always ask myself, like, what is this doing anything to me? Like, what is mm-hmm. what effect is this happening on me? People say you get desensitized. I don't think I, I am desensitized because it, it actually I, my senses are enraged. It's like I, I feel yeah. all of it. It's, just, it's quite the opposite. Like so, and I always wonder why. Like you say, trauma. Like what effect mm-hmm. does that have on me? And I just try. Sometimes I just got to unplug and just like. I don't want to look at nothing. I don't want to look at Facebook, Twitter. I just want to watch some reality TV show, something stupid, and just turn my mind off because it's just so crazy. And you can get easily caught up in just how crazy the world is when there are really a lot of positive things going on, too.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. But it can definitely be tough if we don't, you know, take that time to see what's going on with ourselves and then unplug if you need to. You know, I think, yeah. I mean, I think we see it all the time. People are like, yeah, hey, I'm going to take a break, you know, and I'm sure people have different reasons, but you do have to, you know, limit or monitor what all you consume because everything you consume has some kind of effect on you. It's just what,
1: yeah, I think, for sure. I think that's a great point because one of my next questions, we were talking about all the the good things that come with social media, Right. But mm-hmm. something that I've, you know, and I think, I think all, you know, anyone who has, you know, niece, nephew, child is that, especially for women, is that, you know, these expectations of societal expectations of like a woman should look like this. And when you have a young girl growing up in 2021 with social media, um, the kind of, you know, Instagram, things like that, the instant gratification, the, the selfies, and how, you know, if, if social media can ha- can impact someone's self-esteem growing up in today's age, it, it's completely like anything like we, like, all of us growing up experienced, it, you know, when we were kids, right? Um, mm-hmm. How is, how, how do we work or you know, how do you if you work with kids or how does one work with kids in regards to regards to that in regards to this instagraphication type of mentality that comes with social media and if you don't get it um that them looking inward in themselves leading to depression and potential having like suicidal ideation like how how is it how do we work with kids like that that experience growing up in today's age with social media
2: yeah so, I mean, I think one of the biggest things with kids at social media is, um, from my perspective, it's finding out from them how it's affecting them, you know? So I think it's good to, to even just ask them, you know, what, you know, what do you get? What do you think about all this access? And have them really see, you know, that social media is not necessarily a mirror of real life. Um, and really understanding what social media is, I think is really helpful for kids um because if you don't if you just give them access and you don't explain to them what it is um it can be very dangerous you know and so I think one of the biggest takeaways is you know helping that kid navigate what all social media is um and it is not a full depiction of real life necessarily you know it's it can be very curated and um not a real realistic image, but if they're going into it like this is what everybody else is like, and this is real real world, and if they're not grounded in themselves, which as a teenager who was right, yeah, um, it, it you that the whole goal of being a teenager is to differentiate and figure out who you are and what you're about, and then you have all of this information, it it can be overwhelming if that kid is not grounded in something or someone you know, strong family ties or, um, you know, things like that. So I think that's the biggest thing with kids is just edu- educating them on what it is so they can use it responsibly, I guess, is the best way to put that.
3: Yeah. And, you know, another, so nice. you know, and, and another thing that with social media is, uh, of course, relationships, you know, uh, mm-hmm. you know, relationships with, you know, girlfriend, boyfriend, <laughs> uh, partner, wife, <laughs> husband. Yeah. I mean, look. I mean, look, Let's talk about it. Like it, you know. You get some likes. You know, your girl, your, your wife sees somebody liking your Instagram, or mm-hmm. you know, you you know you you see you looking at things you're probably not supposed to, or
0: you know, yeah. maybe
3: maybe your uh, maybe your wife, you know, is really into, uh, you know, social media and really getting likes and stuff like that. You get jealous. Oh, I mean, it just introduces like a whole new set of, Outside eyes and problems. Mm. Uh, have you yeah. have you seen that a, a bit in your experience uh, dealing with uh, dealing with the public?
2: Oh, for sure. You know, uh, social media has <laughs> taken out a number of relationships. Right. I mean, mm. I think. <laughs> I mean, I think you know, social media it could be a symptom, but it is not the yeah. the root cause of any uh-huh. relationship issue. Right. <laughs> yeah. So if you're having issues and social media is in the mix that like I said that's that's a symptom of other problems. Mm. And so that that's certainly a time to to maybe put a microscope on the on the relationship and see where the real issues are because not you know social media is is not a problem causer, you know, it, but it might highlight other issues you got going on for sure.
1: <laughs> yeah, might <my> exacerbate <laughs> exacerbate already. <laughs>
2: Right. Because if it's we had trust issues, you know, I'm not going to get trust issues because somebody liked your Instagram if we, if we never had trust issues in our relationship, right? That doesn't right. come out of the blue from nowhere, you exactly. know, and and that doesn't necessarily mean that someone's been unfaithful. That could just be insecurities on another person's part that they brought in to yeah. the relationship. So. I mean, again, but it's, it, at the end of the day, it's not that like on social media. It's whatever else is going on in those people in that relationship. Uh,
1: so I'm going to make a kind of along the same. I'm going to kind of get into like my profession a little bit, okay. a little segue, <laughs> because we talk about <laughs> problems with relationships. Um, I deal, you know, and, I, and also so that you deal with addiction. Obviously, I deal with a lot of that, too. Um, but mm-hmm. one of the biggest things I deal with is, you know, inter, um, intimate partner violence, domestic violence, you know, whatever people want to call it these days. Um, social media—so many cases that start with, you know, uh, the dad, a father, you know, breaking the mom's phone, and that's like the catalyst. And but mm-hmm. I, I've been a social worker almost it's going on six years now, so it's, I've had you know some t- some time in the game. Um, and in these six years, the, the biggest thing that a lot of my clients, at least initially, and some some get it when they get it, it's great. But a lot of clients initially don't get is the, the risk and the abuse and what the child experiences when that child is in a home that is unsafe, you know, dad beating up mom uh, or vice versa but you know mm-hmm. but usually it's that being a mom but obviously the, the opposite can happen as well and then there's just this like knowledge of like oh well they if they didn't they only heard it they only saw it and, like I didn't put hands on them not knowing the effects that it has on the child um yeah in, in the moment and even long term in life um and it, it's a thing where it's it, it's it's sad, it's it's beautiful when a parent realizes it and that parents change their ways for good. Like that's a beautiful thing, um, but they don't understand how like how scared that child is and how traumatized that child is in that moment and possibly could be for the future. Um, what are you, in your just experience, how are, what are some things that you have done throughout your career where maybe like that—that that light bulb for a client has has gone off, and it's like, oh, like oh shit, like, damn, like I never thought thought of it like that in that type of way.
2: Yeah, um, I, there's been a, a number of those. If we're talking specifically about um violence, um, what I can say is it was an opportunity. A lot of times, violence has a starts with uh, anger management, right? So not being able to really manage my emotions. So not even just anger management, but just emotional intelligence, right? What are all the feelings that I feel and how do I deal with those? So I think, and I'm going to try not to get on my soapbox. Get on About not, you know, about, um, you know, our culture and our community not being able to just be people for for so long. So we're not necessarily taught how to deal with all of the emotions that we have. So Hmm. then you have a person in a relationship who doesn't know how to deal with their emotions, right? And so everything is getting kind of masked with anger. Mm. And then that just escalates over time. So I had a, um, it happened to be a guy who was in anger management. And, you know, I think, well, something along the lines of, you know, well, it only happens a couple of times a year. And I was like, you know, cool. That that sounds like only. It sounds not like not a lot when you think. Well, there's 355, 56 days in a year, or whatever. I'm getting old. My math. <laughs>
1: it's okay. We're not um, math people.
2: Well, <laughs> me and you are. And I don't
1: know about Ryan. I, no. <laughs> Definitely
2: I to, not a math person.
1: I went to social work specifically not to do math. So we're good on that.
2: <laughs> right. Right. So you have 365 days in a year. So a couple a couple of those days where it's just. Um, I'm a little, you know, over the edge with my anger. It's not so bad. And I was like, well, then how long have you guys been married? Oh, you know, I forget what double-digit number it was. And I was like, okay, well, multiply those four by that number. Mm. And then, mm. so now you're telling me there's been 56 <laughs> instances.
1: Mm. Come on now.
2: Of this kind of interaction with your partner. Um, are you comfortable with that is then like, my next question. Right? So... A couple of times a year is is one way to look at it. But when you look at, okay, this has happened 56 times, right? And so I think a lot of times just when you're in it, it's easy to um, not really see what's going on because you're in it. But when you step out or you have someone just kind of help you get a different perspective, you know, I didn't necessarily do or say anything that helped him, but just that different perspective made him say, you know what, this is important because now, it's not just a couple times a year, it's happened almost 60 times. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes, you know, being able to go to counseling and get a different perspective, because sometimes that's all it is. We're not, counselors are not like here, here's how you run your life. It's not my job to, you know, tell you what to do, but sometimes it helps to get an outside perspective and then you can find the motivation to want to make changes for yourself. You know, and so I think, especially in those situations, I think um, if we could get back to basics, you know, which is just here are all the types of emotions a human being might experience. And if I come across one, what do I do with it, right? If we learn how to do that, I think we'd see a lot of instances of uh, violence in the home go down because people learn how to actually communicate what they're really feeling.
3: Right. You know, one thing I, uh, I hear a lot, like just when I'm talking to my my buddies or whatever, and you know, say they're talking about, you know, hey my you know, my girl wanna go to therapy, my wife wanna go to therapy, I'm not doing mm-hmm. that shit, you know. And, <laughs> and a just lot like of times, <laughs> Just like that yeah. too. like But a lot of their a lot of times their reasoning is they just feel like they know they're gonna get the blame. Like when they go to therapy, yep. it's gonna be finger pointing at what he's doing wrong, they're not gonna get heard. And at the end of the day, it's just gonna be more of the same, pretty much. Except we out of out of money. Like we just had to spend money to just get told I'm at fault. And you know, mm-hmm. obviously, yeah. obviously, it's bigger than just uh, you know who's to blame. Uh, it's much bigger than that. It's about you know people, two people trying to live together every day and trying mm-hmm. to kind of try to find that little common communication to live, you know, happy, you know, and. So, I mean, how do you deal, how do you deal with that? Just dealing with that partner, maybe the man, but sometimes the woman too, that just doesn't want to be a part of the process.
2: Yeah. And I mean, and it doesn't, I've seen it in both sides of the the coin, you know, I think, um, that, that usually boils down to like some sort of insecurity. Right. And you kind of hit the nail on the head, you know, it's fear of me being the, the fall, the fall guy, the one to blame, you know, and that fear, um, keeping that person from wanting to, to do something that could potentially help the relationship. And I've, I've seen uh, women do it and I've seen men, I've seen, you know, either side of that, uh, of that happen in some, in some relationships. So um, it's not just guys that are hesitant sometimes. I think it's, it's just, it depends on that person. If they are the kind of person that in general has a hard time being introspective and looking mm. at themselves Um right. Then, you know, then now you're saying, "Oh, well, now, not only do I struggle looking at myself, now you're going to look at me and some strangers looking at me. And, but again, they're not, if you go into a good therapist, they're not looking at either of you. They're looking at the relationship right. um, because with relationship counseling, I, the relationship is the client, so to speak, you know, so mm-hmm. I'm not on anybody's side. Mm-hmm. It's What's best for this relationship that you guys say is important and you want to have. But I think, again, it goes back to lack of information, you know. If people don't know that that's what therapy's like and that's what you're going in there to get, then mm-hmm. fear, fear starts to run the show. And instead of, wow, what if this works and this relationship is actually a place that we both want to be every day, um, the fear gets in the way, you know, fear of being finger-pointed. But, you know, it takes two to tango. So the finger's going to get pointed at both of y'all at some point. <laughs> <laughs> to to discuss what's really going on because there's no you know there's no there's usually no one wrong person in any relationship issues if that's highly unusual
1: uh <laughs> yeah that's that is so well said and it's <laughs> that the the whole like the the relationship as a client is is just a great a great line and a great really way to, you really know, to look at it. But Ryan brought up something that you know, sometimes it's used as a crutch um, uh-huh. as opposed to why not to do therapy, counseling, or mental health services. Um, and other times it's legit is, you know, unless, you know, potentially if you don't have, if you do not have good insurance, good benefits, the cost of therapy can be astronomical, you know, whether it's individual, couples, mm-hmm. whatever it may be. Um, how, how is that, uh, you know, barrier, I guess is word what I'm looking for. Um, how is that barrier? Is there a way that that barrier can, can come down, you know, slowly over time that it's, affordable and feasible for anyone who wants to get mental health services are able to get them?
2: Yeah, I mean, that barrier is tough. I think when we stop viewing mental health as uh, a luxury yeah. and, and we start really viewing it as a necessity or preventative measures, I think if they looked at it, you know, because there are some things insurance covers preventative, you know, and they will cover it fully because they, they look at it like this is going to prevent more costly things later and I think if if we could start to see mental health like that like if there was funding to have a class in high school where you teach kids how to deal with their emotions and interpersonal relationships I mean if we could funnel money in that direction man that would that would you know just change the whole trajectory I think as far as what comes later Um, from mental health to interactions with the police to um, restored uh, families, you know, there's just so much that could come that's good from, you know, teaching emotional intelligence type of things early on, Um, even just awareness. I mean, I know there are some communities, um, but, you know, largely probably still communities of privilege where they are t- talking about suicide prevention in high schools and helping, you know, peers recognize when their friends and classmates might be having issues, but, you know, having that be standard and not just a school district over here that does it or a school district that over here that does it yeah, and having it be something that, you know, we are aware of. So, it, you know, when we talk about it, when we, when we highlight it as, this is just what we do versus oh just that that only applies to some people over there sometimes um then again like i said you take the stigma off of it and it just becomes preventative measures on how we do life in general you know but i think that barrier is only going to come down when we stop looking at it like um like a priv not even a privilege like a luxury versus something that everybody needs and i do think everybody needs um the skills that you can learn unless somehow you learn them growing up, you know, um, and that happens, you know, but it's rare. It really is. You know, we have stickers as therapists that say, if you have a family, you know, you're keeping us in business. And we all come from some family, you know, and (laughs) most of
4: us,
2: (laughs) most of us don't make it out unscathed where we have nothing going on that stems from, you know, what we experienced growing up. Mm-hmm. So I think ha- having some some uh I guess checkpoints and I think high school is just a good time to do that because you know their kids are smart enough and mature enough to you know store that information and they're on the cusp of you know being adults and taking that out into the world if we could get in there with some just some tools about you know how to communicate and what to do with your emotions and you know what healthy relationships look like you know we could we could make a world of good
3: mm. You hit a key point right there with what healthy relationships look like, because I mean, to be honest, we just don't know. I mean, growing up where we grew up, you know, you know, coming from, you know, either poverty or, you know, coming from the hood and stuff like that. We used to seeing couples scream at each other or Mm -hmm. throwing things at each other. We used to, you know, seeing violence here and there or violence being a solution to solve conflicts we're used to you know we're used to you know using brute force to to get what you want or you know scheming and lying and all these things and we just experienced that and you know and as far as emotions it's like i mean especially as a man as a black man it's like no i mean emotions you don't have you don't cry you don't Mm. show emotion you don't you don't you know you don't you got to just suck it up and deal with it you know you got to just you know Put your hat on every day and get over it and to handle your business. You know, you, you, you Ooh, can't you, you can't emotionally react to that.
2: You're getting close to my soapbox. <laughs> nope,
3: get, get on it, get on uh, it. I'm just, yeah, I'm just, saying it's, it's you know, that i have dealt with that just personally because I'm, I'm someone am yeah. you know, someone I mean, i just personally I've dealt with that just like because I, you know, sometimes I, when I was younger, I would definitely would have my my little anger my anger reactions, because I was always the type that would just kind of take it all in, not I really mean, react. Everybody like, oh, Ryan, 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 you're just so cool, laid back. But really inside, I'm steaming, you know what I'm saying? Boiling. <laughs> <And, Yeah. just laughs> boiling. And then when I react, <laughs> then I react, everybody's looking at me like I'm crazy because, you know, like, right. well, where's, where's all that come from? But because, you know, I didn't communicate how you made me feel at the time. I didn't communicate uh, that I didn't like that interaction, you know, I didn't, I put myself in situations where, um, that left me, you know, that put me in emotional harm, but I didn't even understand to even look at it like that when I was younger. Whereas now I kind of learned that and I just kind of, but it's even still today, it's still like a battle that I have to keep on going with, but it's just, like you said, emotional, emotional literacy, just understanding yourself, looking at yourself, understanding, you know, what things affect you, how to, deal with certain things it's so oh my god it's so important if they taught kids that that would be so huge yeah so huge
2: I think so too I think so too I mean you know my soapbox you know it, 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 it's, it's mostly black men you know because I think that black men certainly get the worst of it but men in general you know they're not allowed to be you know they're not raised to be human and feel all their feelings you know a lot of times and 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 like i said it's worse with black men because black people in general you know even to this day you know there's people struggle to look at us as full human beings you know and so having the ability to know yourself as a human and explore all that you know if you're coming from an environment where you're trying to survive all the time who who has the bandwidth to then say well how, how am i feeling today you know, yeah. it's not, for some people, They that's not yeah. a luxury that they get, but it yeah. really shouldn't be a luxury. You know, it should, you know, all of us should have that ability to um, not be in survival mode all day long, you know? And I think that, you know, part of my soapbox is just, you know, black men not being able to just be human, you know? Um, and that means be, having it be okay that if you're sad that you cry or if you mm-hmm. miss somebody and you want to say that, and you know or your mom passed and you actually get to be you get to grieve you know I mean how many how many men can you think like yeah I really saw him grieve and do a really good healthy grieving process I mean yeah. that's just not something that you know black men are allowed to do and I you know that and you know, it's just a travesty it, it really is and hopefully it gets better um but I think when we start just looking at the reality of it, and not just use the buzzwords that people talk about it with now, when yeah. we really just kind of get into how that came to be, and how do we make it better?
1: It's so that's so beautifully said, and I always think about like my my childhood. Like I grew up, my grandma raised me. Uh, my birth mom was largely incarcerated. For like a lot of my formative formative years, um, and. My birth or me, my grandma just allowed me to be like me right like mm-hmm. and she allowed me like expressing feelings are okay, you know older black woman, and that's you know i i'm lucky to be able to i've always been able to kind of express myself better than most in general, but as I've gotten older I've realized kind of where that came from right like i yeah. i you know I didn't really have a uh I, I did, ha- you know, I had a male, you know, figure in my life, but I didn't have like, you know, that uh, that black strict dad or you know, figure just saying like, you can't, you can't express yourself like this, like that's not appropriate, um, right? Like you got to man up, and you know, that has led to, you know, wh- why I'm able to, you know, do the things I'm I'm able to now, which, which is which is a blessing. Um, one of the last things I, you know, I wanted to kind of bring up is this this pandemic uh mm-hmm. COVID how that's changed everything um I be, well I guess I have two two things before I let we let you go um the first is like virtual therapy you know uh-huh. telehealth I have seen it um at least in my profession I've talked to other therapists about it and it's it's a lot more convenient, right? Like you can do like a Zoom session, you know, some therapists just do like a phone session. But mm-hmm. uh, the other part of that, you know, that I hear from therapists and I've kind of witnessed this a social worker is that like you for our jobs, like sometimes you gotta you gotta see the person in person. Like there are yeah. so many things that you know we lose social worker therapists because we're doing telehealth. Um, like I'm not going to talk about like telehealth, with like kids, right? Like that's a whole right,
2: that's, yeah.
1: <laughs> Um just But you, just even adults, right? Like if you're asking a client a question and they answer it, maybe if that client is sitting in front of you, you can see like, you know, a tick or how they react to the question in person. But over telehealth, like you have no clue for the most part, right? Like it can be missed. How has that this change with the pandemic, um, you know, kind of changed your way of doing therapy?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, I will say I'm really grateful for telehealth. I mean, um, number one, it allowed people to still have access. You know, I cannot even begin to imagine how hard it would have been for a lot of people who oh. all of a sudden lost access to their providers. Um, so that was really like a lifeline for them and for us, you know, as, you know, as also, um, making a living, you know, and so the, the technology definitely has afforded us that, uh, that opportunity to not lose that connection. Um, now that being said is obviously not perfect. You know, um, I don't typically work with little, little kids. Um, but even with, um, the younger preteen, early teen age, you know, it, it's harder to connect with them in general anyway, just because of how teenagers oh, are. Don't get me right? started. <laughs> um, and a lot of times, you know, I mean, sometimes they do want to come in counseling, but a lot of times they're coming begrudgingly anyway. Yep. And so it helps to be in person, to have that connection, you know? Um, so that definitely gets lost in that age range for sure. Um, and so it does make it more difficult but with that being said, I think telehealth had a ton more good than a, than the cons, so to speak. But you do miss out. You miss out on key body language um, because you're only seeing that small portion versus that whole person's comportment. You know how they sat on the couch. You know um, mm. all that kind of body language that you miss when they're mm-hmm. just at home or in their car. Um, so so there's there is that negative there. But I think overall, it, it really has been a blessing for a lot of people. Um, to still be able to stay connected, even though it's not what we're used to, which, you know. And uh, you know, from as far as people now realizing that if they're further out, you know, and they don't have providers in their communities, you know, they're still. So now, again, we're talking access, right? So telehealth really mm-hmm. has allowed people to have access that they would never have had before. Yes. So I think it's it's been pretty good, but it does definitely does have its challenges.
3: Yeah, uh, the last one I got for you, uh, actually today, since mm-hmm. we were going to have this conversation, <clears throat> it just got on my mind about therapy. I've been thinking about doing it for years, never been to therapy, always kind of just put it off or just came up with an excuse like, oh, my insurance, my insurance mm-hmm. ain't all that, and my insurance ain't all that, I probably don't get it covered. But today I just say, you know what, let me look get into it. I checked in my insurance, it does cover therapy, uh, behavioral health and all that stuff. So you know, I started looking at some doctors that I could probably, or uh, therapists that I could probably go to, uh, mm-hmm. just to see about therapy. And but then it also occurred to me like, how do you like, when do you start to find a therapist? Yeah. Like I mean, it's like you just do you just roll the roller dice and just pick one. Uh, obviously, <laughs> I'm sure you. can <laughs> I'm sure you could ask people, but you know how some people are. Some people are like, "I don't want you going to my therapist. That's my therapist." You know, so <laughs> it's, it's weird. Yeah. It's weird. Like, how do you even start? Do you just should do? I, what would you suggest? Just just pick one, or just kind of roll with the punches.
2: A little of both. I think. Um, I think a lot of people, especially in our community, word of mouth goes very far. Yeah, you know. So if someone is like, you know, I went to her, I went to him, and I trusted them, they were good. A lot of times that is very meaningful to people yeah. to, for them to know that somebody they trust and knows found someone they trust and know. Um, so that, so I think asking around, you know, again, I, I, I think it helps take the stigma away. Cause then you start to realize, you know, I'm not the only one who's going to therapy. And so yeah. it's not just me. So I think when we ask around and when we're willing to, to share, like, yeah, I have been, or I'm thinking about it again, I think it helps take that, that dark cover off of it. Um, the other piece is, you know, do a Google search. That's probably the easiest way. Just Google therapists near me. Um, you'll likely come across uh, sites like Psychology Today where you're going to see a list. And then another really good way to do it is, um, you know, especially if you have insurance, the easiest thing to do, especially if you want to make sure it's covered, because a lot of times you'll go online or you hear a referral, you'll find somebody really great, and then you realize they're not in your insurance. Right. Um. And so sometimes if you know you want to use insurance, I would uh, call the number on the back of your insurance card. And oftentimes they will do a search for you and they'll pull up all the providers in your area. Some insurance will even call them for you and make sure they're accepting new new clients. And so if your insurance company will do that legwork, you're already paying for the service. So you might as well just call and see what they will do for you. And then you can take that list and start your research from there. So at least mm. everybody you're looking at, you know, is covered by your insurance.
3: That's that's great information. Great information. Yeah, uh, that's
1: I probably have, the easiest way. I have two more. I I, I came up with one. I've been <laughs> I wanted to ask you, and then I it lost my. It, so, I, I'll 2 I I'll make them quick. The first one I'll yeah. start with is my second part of the pandemic discussion is. Mm-hmm. How the fuck has all this like affected all of our mental health like like I'm obviously like we're still kind of in it and we're maybe towards the end of it, but like I'm pretty sure down the line there's gonna be and they've already started to do studies, right, but down the line, there's gonna be some type of study of the staying at home uh isolation, what that's done to us as humans in terms of our mental health um have you noticed you know obviously still working during the pandemic? that have you noticed like, what have you noticed that the pandemic has done to us I guess is, is that's, that's question.
2: yeah you know I will say the pandemic I think has helped people understand themselves a little bit better
4: huh.
2: um, because there are some people who are living you know despite you know what's going on around us and the tragedies that we've seen there are some people who are actually living their best lives in the huh. middle of this pandemic um because they do actually prefer that alone time, they do struggle with the social obligations. Um, yeah. they do they have realized that they were overstretched and giving too much and being pulled in too many different directions. So I think a lot of those people were able to take a really needed breather during this time and kind of reevaluate what's important. You know, and I think on the flip side, the people who have struggled the most because they thrive on that social interaction, they thrive on those personal connections. I thought, so I think it's affected different people in a different way, you know, and I think what we can take from it is, you know, learn what you can about yourself, you know, based on what you experienced during the pandemic and use that to kind of shape how you do the rest of your life you know if you were saying yes to every obligation and trying to be everywhere for everybody and then during the pandemic you were like I can breathe again then no. maybe now that even though everything is opening up maybe you, you you start saying no sometimes a little bit more and you do yeah. stay home and you don't worry so much about who's going to think what you know because you now know what really works for you you know and and vice versa if you really struggled during the pandemic and not being connected you know, then maybe you start to take stock of those relationships and, and reach out to your friends a little bit more and be more engaged in the people that you love, because we see when it was taken away, it was so harsh and so harmful, you know? So, But I think different people had different interactions. I think we all got a little more scared and anxious, right, because our lives changed at the drop of a dime yeah, so quickly, you know? So I think everybody kind of experienced that that culture shock of just you know our whole lives coming to a halt um but i think as as it has played out some people have thrived and some people have struggled and i think a lot of that has to do with your personality type
3: yeah yeah i agree and you know i mean for me like me personally shoot, man, i no oh boy Here
1: lockdown wasn't no
3: problem lockdown <laughs> wasn't no problem for me i I loved the lockdown i was like okay <laughs> but i will say you know just the part that did I did really struggle with was just you know being away from family, or even mm-hmm. when I did you know when I even when I did you know go and see my family, see my mom and dad and all them, it was it was you're scared you're scared because you're like okay do I have COVID, okay I got the test on but I, could I still be infecting them, you know and my parents were well, you know they're in their late seventies so I was really just it was yeah. this
4: constant
3: anxiety of like oh I hope, I just hope they're gonna be okay you know and you know. I, mm-hmm. I, I saw him this past like two weeks ago, and it was our first time being together since we all we we're all vaccinated. It was just it was nice to just be calm and just enjoy each other's company and not worried and stuff like that. So yeah, you know, you know I, I really I really enjoyed that. But other than that, man, like, too, I'm an introvert, man. Like being at home, <laughs> you know, everybody you know, like shout just fine. <laughs> I
2: know me. So was I. To be honest, I was just like I don't have to drag myself out because i mean i i do enjoy being social but it takes a minute to get out the door it really does and and if i can talk myself out of going i will talk myself like best friends (laughs) (laughs) i mean that's the life of an introvert you know you Mm -hmm. might be really good at extroverting, but it takes effort
3: for sure it takes effort it's like (laughs) it's like a like a gas tank just running Yes, up, you run out of gas, and it's like, okay, I'm good. Nah, I, I, I've been around enough people.
2: <laughs> yes, I need to go home and, and, and recover. <laughs> exactly,
3: exactly.
2: Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh. So, but, I, but I think, I think a lot of this, you know, if we can kind of take, don't let any of this that we've learned be in vain, you know. Yeah, oh, I for think sure. if we can take what we've experienced and pull whatever good we can. I, I, I am a firm believer that we can find something good in everything that has happened. Um, and so I think if we can take time to find something good that we learned about ourselves, that we saw differently. And if we can use that going forward, then, you know, then all of this wouldn't have been for absolutely nothing. You know, even if it's just one small change you make based on what you learned about yourself during, during all this time.
1: No, that's 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 so well said. Uh, last one I have for sure, the last yeah. one. Be, being <laughs> that, last ones, bro. No, no. Well, I, I said that the 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 pandemic question was. Oh yeah, well, like, one of them so, two. One of two. Okay, so, I'm not adding <laughs> more to them. Um, be this is something that I think is really relevant. Right? Is
4: mm-hmm.
1: you are a black female therapists and there are times when i deal with clients um when i you know working with clients and i've heard it before right you know especially if i'm dealing with the you know let's say like a black family which i don't mm-hmm. deal with a large amount of because of the area i work in but if i'm working with the african-american family and they're signing up for therapy like one of the first things they'll tell me is like what if i'm going to therapy and talk to like this Twenty-year-old white woman usually studying under someone's license, you know, trying to, mm-hmm. you know, trying to get their license. Like they, they don't, they can't relate to me. Like they don't know my life. Like, you know, how can they help me? And that's a very right. real thing that I hear. Um, so, I guess, and 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 I think in kind of when, when Ryan brought it up about like picking a therapist, I think that's important. You know, it got me thinking. I I want to ask you this even before we do the podcast, is how important is it, um, you know, for us, for a person who is going to do therapy, get mental health, mental health services, that they feel that the person that they're getting those services from, from they, they can relate to them as a client, right? And I and, I, I, and it's such, such relevant because it is, you know, a, a barrier for, for some people when it comes to therapy. Yeah.
2: You know, that, that's a good question, and it's a tough question. Um, it is. And it I'm kind of going two different ways with that. I mean, so generally speaking, you want to connect with your therapist. You want to feel comfortable. You want it to be someone that um, you can trust or, or believe that you can trust and connect to because it just makes the process uh, smoother and simpler, and you're more willing to, to open up and be honest.
4: Right. But at the yes. end of the
2: day, you know, if so, if you have the ability to, and when I say ability, that also comes down to like access and means, right? So, um, if you have the ability to, to look around and pick and choose, and you've got the finances to do that, to see whoever you want, or, uh, the insurance to have options, um, then that's good. But if, if you're in a situation where, you know, you're going to your County to get services, um, um, you might not have as many options, you know. You might just have the two people that are employed in that county that offer those services. Um, those people can still help you, you know. I think um, so. That's why I'm saying I, I think it's important, but I don't want to. I don't want to give the impression that if you can't find someone who looks like you or who seems yeah. like they have a similar experience, that you can't get good quality healthcare because you don't. I, I honestly believe I've helped. A lot of people who i have nothing in common with you know um you know an example of somebody like that would be maybe you know like a maybe like a 60 year old privileged white guy who grew up in in wealth you know um those are all opposite of of what my life has been like but it doesn't mean that you that that person is not still skilled at what they do and that they can't still um, help you with where you're struggling, even if, you know, you don't get all the cultural and social aspects of what's going on. But again, a good therapist has done, you know, uh, cultural training, and um, they know how to connect, even if it's not their culture, you right. know. And so I, I think the idea is that even if your therapist is different from you and not, doesn't have all the similarities that you might like, if you see that therapist making efforts to understand, you know, how do I say that, help me understand this. Um, And they're not pretending they know all there is to know about your culture and they're not of your culture. I think that, you know, you can give that person the benefit of the doubt that um, they're willing to learn, you know, what they can learn from you to help you, but that they still know the mental health, you know, emotion relationship piece that they're still skilled at that. So I hope that was a good answer to the question. No, kind of was... <laughs> two sides
1: to the coin no it was a great it was a great one um we're, we're not gonna we're not gonna have you go without talking about um small victories counseling uh your website uh for you know all our listeners obviously you're you're in texas but uh tell us about small victories counseling um and, and your website and everything that, that that you offer yeah
2: so small victories counseling um actually came to me like one night in the middle of the night and it's just it's about just the importance of recognizing all the little moments that lead to bigger moments in your life and so um, it's a big part of the philosophy and my counseling is is that you know we do want to celebrate every small little victory you know and so um, and let those matter in your life so that's kind of where that came from and what I'm about I do um, so I'm a licensed therapist I see adolescents, couples, adults, um, the, only, the only population I really don't see, I guess, would be, you know, uh, maybe 11 and younger, um, anybody who's not really suited for talk therapy. Um, I do play games sometimes because I think play is an important part for kids and adults, um, but I don't do play therapy specifically. So if a kid is a little bit too little for talk therapy, then I refer them to a play therapist um but i do i i so i'm a cognitive behavioral therapist mainly i think you know how we think has a big effect on what we do and how we operate and um i can be very solution focused right i want you to come in let's figure out what you've got going on and i I like when people can leave with practical things that they can do to change whatever goal that they had that they want to change um and so right now things are definitely going well um um with the business and i'm really excited about that growth and, um, and i'm just really glad that people are, are taking stock of their mental health i mean i'm super busy right now and that's a blessing but i think a lot of it is our people are getting out and getting help you know and they do they want to find someone that looks like them that they can feel comfortable talking about all the you know the stuff that's happening in the world as it relates to race and and culture um, and so things are i 'm just really i 'm grateful that you know that people are especially um in our community are willing to take care of themselves in this way because I just think it's so meaningful um you 're the only you you have, and so if you can put that that time effort and energy into to making yourself as good as you can be and having the best um quality of life you can, I think that you know that 's the way to go absolutely.
1: Without question. Uh, so listeners, if, if you're in the Texas area, are, are you just, is it just for people who are located in, in the area in, in Texas or is it, you know, all consuming?
2: Yeah, no, it would have, they would have to be in Texas, um, okay. um, either living or that is their primary address. Um, I know a lot of people are kind of moving about the country because be a lot of people are working from home. So if you are somewhere else, but you do live in Texas, I could, you know, we could talk. Um, and I'm actually looking to get licensed in California as well. So yeah. that'll open up here soon. Um, but yeah, so that's that. So, you know, if I, I'm happy to help. Um, if anybody has questions or they want to talk more or need help finding a resource, you know, they can definitely go to the website. There's a contact us um, page on smallvictoriescounting.com and just shoot me a note and uh, I'll see what I can do.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Uh it's Allen. It's been a it's been a pleasure um thank you so much for you know coming on the show and and talking to us about <laughs> about mental health and everything and I didn't you know, it's so, it's so funny like we're sports fans and we didn't even talk mm-hmm. about like mental health oh, and sports oh, and how my God. <laughs> right <That's cute. laughs>
2: That's a huge, big part of sports. Is is I mean, we see it all. We see it all the time.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, so it, much
2: stuff watching a game. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah like we 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 didn't talk about that subject, but we we'll, we might we might save it for for another episode down the line. Uh, we don't want to take up uh much more of your time. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's late. No, there. definitely. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much for, for coming on. It was, it was a pleasure. Um, and and, hope, and I, I'm sure they did, but I hope our, our listeners um, really, you know, got gained a lot from, from the stuff regarding mental health.
2: I hope so. Yeah, I hope Absolutely. so. You know, I, I tell people counseling is not just for the extraordinary things that happen in life. You know, they it's for the ordinary stuff, too. So mm-hmm. if you're even remotely thinking about doing it, you know, just do yourself a favor and just check it out and, and see how it can help you.
3: Are you on uh, and social media? I,
2: I, I am. So I am. Oh, Let me see. <laughs> I know. Don't talk about me. I, I have much. to pull it up.
1: <laughs> she got put all like I she think. got like a like a, a brand new phone number. She got to she got to look it up.
2: <laughs> I know, right? Don't make fun of me. So I am on Instagram. Instagram is small underscore victory underscore counseling. So easy to find on Instagram. And uh, I am also on Twitter, and I think that's what I was looking up, because for some reason on Twitter, it changed. It's not Small Victories Counseling, so let me see what it is. That's terrible. I probably just need to go ahead and get somebody to help me do all this social media <laughs> stuff. Uh, you're good, you're
3: good.
2: Definitely not my uh, my my area of strength. So on, uh, on Twitter, it's SB underscore Counseling. Okay. So still of the small victories frame, but it doesn't spell out small victories. But yeah, okay. definitely you can connect with me on social media. I'm definitely trying to do better at engaging, but I do very much so limit my social media oh, consumption yeah. uh, for Under- my own understand- mental health. <laughs> understandable,
3: understandable. <laughs> yes, uh, yes,
2: but thank you guys so much for having me on. I appreciate that you guys are having these kind of conversations. We need more of this, so we so do. Keep yeah. it up. I think it's and- great.
1: And shout out to our, our guy and our listener and our supporter uh, Ryan uh, Nordruff who who set this up, who provided your information. He's a he's a huge fan of the podcast. I know that he's a clinical social worker in Texas. I'm uh-huh. originally I'm originally from Texas. I live in California okay. now, uh, but I still consider Texas home, even though I've been gone for 15 years now um yeah
2: that's how i am with new york uh
1: but he provided me your info and everything and i am so glad that he did so shout out to ryan for for setting this up we really appreciate it and thank you for the support ryan um with that we're out
3: peace